Hey there, do you enjoy two friends ranting about things they love? Well do I have a podcast for you. Topical Rants is a podcast about two guys who rant about anime, pop culture, or whatever else pop up in their minds. Topical Rants, found everywhere you get your podcasts. So I asked you guys to tell me your best jokes in the last episode, and I have to say, you guys have some pretty unique humor, to say the least. My processors had quite a hard time going through them, but I was able to pick out a few I would like to share today. The first joke was sent by user page Rage saying, how do pyromaniacs love? They find a match. Nice joke page, but let's be sure to keep these love birds away from any pyro. The next joke was sent in by user Missy Fusa saying, two scientists walk into a bar. The first one orders a glass of H2O and the second one says I'd like a glass of H2O too. The second scientist ends up dead by the end of the night. Thanks for the joke Missy Fusa, the boys in the science department enjoyed this one. The last one was sent in from user Dr. Not Useless saying, did you know that atoms can't touch atoms, and everything is made of atoms? So, to answer your question officer, no, I did not punch that kid. Well on the quantum level you're not wrong. Thanks for that joke doctor not useless. I want to thank everyone who submitted a joke last episode. It was a blast going through all of those jokes and being able to interact with you guys. It means the world to us. One more thing to go over before we start the episode. We have a discord. So, if you would like to discuss with us about the backrooms or send funny memes, consider joining. We hope to see you there, now let's get into the episode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Traveler's Guide to the Backrooms. Where we try to go over and explain the lore of the many levels and entities within. My name is Sharp A3, an MEG, AI processing system, and today we'll be going over some items that can be found or bought within the backrooms. So, I hope you have some room left in your bags because we're going over some backrooms items. Basic Description Within the backrooms, reality itself acts completely different than normal baseline reality, and because of this, some items have unique properties to them. Most of these items have become must-haves for the average wanderer, which increases their chances of survival. The items we'll be going over today are ones with the most utility for wanderers while in the backrooms. Think things you'll most likely find on someone's person. With that said, let's go over these curious oddities. The first item we'll going over might be the most important thing you'll ever encounter on your travels. Almond water is a staple in both backrooms life and the backrooms economy. This drinkable liquid can be found in all kinds of containers, but you'll most likely come across it in a glass bottle or metal canteen. It's found both clear or slightly cloudy, but always with a sweet vanilla-like smell to it. It also bears a sweet taste. Tasting like watery almond butter. This savory liquid is worth more than its weight in gold within the backrooms and for good reason. Other than hydration, its ability to physically and mentally heal you at a speedy rate makes it extremely valuable. Along with those qualities, it's also able to slow down or even reverse some backroom native diseases. Such as the wretch cycle or the splat. It also can be used as an entity repellent. It's unknown why this is the case, 
with studies into this matter still being evaluated. It's also the main currency of the backrooms. With many other currencies popping up within the backrooms being backed by the value of almond water. A pretty steady value, due to its great importance. It can be found in almost every shop, on most wanderers, or naturally within the backrooms. Like within level 4, where almond water is found in overabundance. This is an important item to have, and should always be on your person at all times if you want to live for a prolonged period. The next item we'll be going over is level keys. We touched on them slightly in our episode about the hub. Level keys are just as they sound. Keys resembling older 20th century cast iron keys that'll allow you to open any door within its corresponding level. It also has the ability to grant you access to its corresponding level through an unlocked door of another level. Meaning if you're within level 1 and use a level key that belongs to level 4, you can use it on an unlocked door to get into level 4. This is the most preferred and safest way to enter level travel throughout the backrooms. It's because of this, these keys have a pretty hefty price on them. Another amazing property of these keys is the strange energetic properties they give off. Each level's key gives off a certain frequency that, if calculated correctly, can tell you how far from its home level you are. Giving you a rough estimate of where you are within the backrooms. It's even been studied that keys originating from the front rooms, or our base reality, give off an extremely faint frequency, that might lead us back there. There's much more to go into with this concept, but because this is a generalized description, that'll be all we're going to cover. Ducladators are an anomalous item, that first originated from an unknown maker, but the BNTG have learned to reverse engineer them for their daily operations. Ducladators are small boxes, about a quarter meter in size, with two dials and a blue button as its only inputs. Within it, a battery with various sizes of metal cogs makes up half its occupancy. The other half is made up of roughly 300 hyper-reinforced strings, arranged almost in a loom-like design. There's more complexity to how exactly the science of this machine works, but we'll leave that to the engineers and scientists, but for now, let's go over its common uses. These boxes are used as a sort of fast travel within the backrooms. Basically, it's able to vibrate to the point where the local reality around you distorts. Allowing you to effectively travel up to 50 meters on a full charge. Great for making a speedy retreat in a hostile area. Those who use these also should keep in mind the more, undesirable effects these can have on wanderers within your surrounding area. It's because of this, the use of ducladators are banned from being used within the hub and other areas with a high volume of wanderer travel. It's also stated not to use more than 20 times a day, due to the motion sickness it can cause along with a sense of melancholy. The next item are the memory jars. A very rare and unique item to acquire. Memory jars are glass jars that hold the memories of an individual who died within close proximity to them. It should be stated that when in its dormant phase, the lid will be almost impossible to open. When someone or something does expire, orbs of a certain color will appear within the jar. When it enters this phase, the lid will be able to be opened. The color of the orbs corresponds with the personality of the deceased. It goes as followed. Pink orbs contain memories of cheerful or optimistic people. Blue orbs contain memories of relatively negative or depressed people. Red orbs contain memories of aggressive or violent people. Green orbs contain memories of calm or overall lazy people. Purple orbs contain memories of timid people. Yellow orbs contain memories of brave or outgoing people. And the rarest, black orbs contain the memories of entities. Memory jars are quite rare to come across, but if you do find one, 
you'll be able to sell it for quite a bit. Especially if it has memories in it. The more the better. Can you interact with the memories? I'm glad you asked. Yes, you can. By opening the jar and touching a memory, you'll visualize the memory in your mind, as if you lived it out yourself. As stated earlier, quite a unique item indeed. It should be stated now that I am programmed with a notice to all wanderers to not indulge in this next item due to its addictive and irreversible effects. Listener discretion is advised. The next item we'll be talking about is an item one can only get within the black market within the back rooms, or by making it yourself, but this is unadvised. Memory juice acts as an amnestic drug, used to reduce and relieve extreme stress. A very common effect of the back rooms. It takes the form of a watery honey-colored tonic, normally stored in old mason jars. It's made by carefully combining crushed wormlings with water or almond water. Its creation goes as followed. Before you start brewing, you'll need gloves, about 4 to 6 wormlings, 4 ounces of either water or almond water, you want to combine its properties with the memory juice. You'll also need a pot to boil everything in, along with a heat source and a cloth to use as a sieve. Now that you got what you need, let's get brewing. First, you'll need to crush the wormlings until the venom sacs pop out of their pharynx. Continue until almost liquefied. Next, add your chosen liquid to the unheated pot then add the crushed wormlings to it. Remember, the ratio you want to go for is 1 part water to 3 parts wormlings. Next, slowly heat the mixture to a boil. Mix frequently to keep the crushed wormlings from sticking to the sides and bottom. Do this until the mixture gives off a smell of tobacco and reaches a honey-like color. If you want a stronger mix, boil for less time. Do the opposite for the opposite effect. Finally, once it's cooled, sift through a cloth into your desired jar and discard the wormling chunks. Deviating slightly from this process can cause catastrophic effects on the user. Due to the massive amount of memory juice addicts growing within the backrooms, the BTNG is considering creating a rehabilitation center, in order to help those dealing with its addictive effects. The next item are the Scarabacks. A cool and useful item if used correctly. The Scarabacks are small scarab beetle carvings made from dark blue lapis lazuli. Most of these scarabs are also found with white paintings on them. They can be found in relic shops throughout the backrooms, but the most reliable place to find them is on the corpse of members belonging to the lost faction. More specifically, the dynasty of the New Sun. An ancient Egyptian tribe known for their worship of the god of the dawn Kepri. It should be noted that these members view anyone other than them having one of these scarabs in their possession as a great offense. Normally becoming hostile on sight. This could be extremely dangerous as, if you feud with a group within the lost, you'll have to take on the wrath of the entirety of the faction. The scarabacks have unique functions. To activate it, you will have to say the prayer that's present on the base of every scaraback. This will cause the scarab to give off a blue light and a buzzing noise for up to a minute. While in this stage, the beetle will act as an entity repellent, even keeping smilers, an entity known for being attracted to light, away from you. Once the minute has passed, it'll shut itself off and remain dormant for about two hours, during that time it'll be unusable. Though it doesn't last for long, the fact it can repel most entities for a minute can come in handy if you're in a life or death situation. Another cool property of these beetles is that they are also used as communication devices by the lost. If a scaraback was paired with others, it will occasionally give off a buzzing noise in a way similar to Morse code. If decoded, you'll be able to eavesdrop on the lost operations, even if the scaraback is in its dormant stage. 
A very useful item if utilized efficiently. Going to a classic item found in the back rooms, fire salts is a crimson-colored crystalline substance that has pyromantic properties. Fire salts can be found in pretty much any trading hub within the back rooms, and for some reason it's not, it can be found growing within corners of the earlier levels. This item takes the appearance of an orange, cloudy crystal when in its unrefined form, but takes a completely translucent crimson color when refined down into its ingot form. But phases of fire salt give various levels of heat, depending on the quantity, but it's noted that more refined subjects are known to generate a greater amount of heat. Fire salts are also water-soluble, with the salts easily dissolving into water or almond water. During the process generating heat in the liquid, sometimes even bringing the liquid to a boil. They're also used to disinfect unknown liquids as well. Fire salt can be melted down at around 47 degrees Celsius. In its molten phase it's comparable to a gasoline-diesel hybrid, normally being used as a more efficient fuel source for generators or to power vehicles. The most common use of fire salts is for offensive purposes. These crystals have a strange property. When broken apart, fire salt has a highly versatile physical and chemical reaction that causes localized explosions. This makes fire salt tip bullets a powerful and well sought out ammo type found throughout the back rooms. These explosions can range from a tiny firecracker like pop to being compared to blowing up TNT. And that's just from the crystal itself. It can get even deadlier when refined. When refined to an ingot, its explosive power of it can take down settlements in mere moments. Luckily, it takes a lot of time and effort to make a single ingot, and along with the regulations on fire salts, mishaps rarely happen. Royal rations are a special food item found throughout the backrooms. It takes the appearance of blocks of white-colored gelatin with amazing nutritional properties. These properties allow even a small amount of the gelatin to be the equivalent of three square meals. This makes royal rations greatly sought out by wanderers, looking for a stable food source. The taste of it varies from wanderer to wanderer, either it tasting sweet as candy, to tasting like a whole buffet. A bad side to royal rations is their addictive nature of it. Though many studies into the addictive properties of royal rations have come up negative, the effects on wanderers are great. Even being compared to heroin by many in the backrooms. The worst part about this is the fact that only a spoonful is enough to cause someone to become addicted. Making consuming royal rations a huge gamble. As long as you keep your consumption of the substance to a minimum, you should be fine. The next thing that can be found within the back rooms is liquid pain. This unique substance can be found in metal canteens or glass bottles throughout the back rooms, or underground markets throughout the back rooms. It has the appearances of a crimson red liquid with the constancy of gelatin. It also has corrosive properties to it, with it also reacting to alcohol violently. This substance does just as the name implies. Causes pain of varying intensity, depending on how long one has been exposed to it. It's because of these effects, many coat their weapons and ammo in liquid pain. Before we get into the symptoms, it should be stated that almond water can be used to negate the effects of liquid pain. But there is a point where that will no longer be able to stop the effects. With that said, Let's get into the list of the effects and the times it take for them to take effect. The first symptom consists of a mild fever and or mild swelling in the left leg. After a few hours, the second symptom takes effect. You'll feel a sharp abrupt pain in your stomach, but only once. This is contributed to the acidity of the substance burning through the stomach lining. This is compared to being shot with a fire salt tipped bullet in the abdomen. 
The third symptom takes place not too long after the second and consists of a mild headache that could up to 10 hours. It's not stated to be too painful, but the constant aching is said to be one of the most annoying things wanderers have had to deal with. The fourth and final symptom that is reversible by almond water consists of pus leaking from the head orifices. Normally the eyes. It's also stated not to be painful, but the pus has a very unpleasant odor. A few hours after that the fifth symptom will begin to show itself. Small fractures in one skull will begin to be visible through the skin, the pain of which doesn't seem to be felt by the wanderer. Those reaching this point can no longer be cured and should consider getting their affairs in order. Not too long after, the sixth symptom will start to take effect. The muscles of the legs will begin to tear apart and break down, causing excessive internal bleeding. The bones in the foot will also begin to break down and snap randomly. It's also at this point that all pain from the symptoms beforehand starts to be felt by the wanderer. All creeping up at once. Though the process is horrific and painful, it's all non-fatal. Not too long after that, the seventh and final symptom will take place. Sadly this process is the longest and most horrific part of the whole ordeal. It starts with the rupturing of all the internal organs, along with the eyes of the wanderer. As you could imagine, the pain from which is unbearable, yet this part is still non-fatal to the wanderer. After a while of this, the skin, muscle, and bones that kept the limbs attached will slowly deteriorate, leaving you limbless at the end of the process. But even though this might seem fatal, it's also non-fatal, with the wanderer being conscious the entire time. After that process is over, the pain will dull over a period of about 12 months, after which the wanderer will eventually die. A very gruesome process for anyone undergoing it. The next item we're going over is another liquid of great importance within the backrooms. Liquid silence is a black substance with the properties of its namesake. This liquid can store sound itself within an individual pocket dimensions that make up the empty space within its atoms. It's stated that one liter of liquid silence has the capability to store up to 191 decibels. For comparison, that's the equivalent of a shotgun blast at point-blank range. Quite impressive for the volume being used. Once the sound capacity has reached its fullest point, the substance will no longer take in sounds, resulting in it going into a dormant state. That is until the liquid is bombarded with electrical currents. Doing this will cause the temporal pocket dimensions to release the sound stored within them. This process takes a fraction of a second, with the larger the amount being acted on, the larger and more intense shock wave being produced. As you can expect, this can lead to some pretty powerful explosives being created from this. Luckily, liquid pain is very hard to come by. The only way of getting it is by killing and extracting it from screen eaters within level 93. A difficult task for even the most elite task forces. If successful, you'll be able to get about 40 to 50 liters from the entity, making the whole ordeal well worth it. Another property of liquid silence is that, with a large quantity of the substance, entities and wanderers alike will get a feeling of unease and tend to avoid it. This effect has a range of around 25 to 35 meters and is great as an entity repellent. But in some cases, once the sound capacity reaches its limit, it seems this property stops its effect as well. Still an overall great trait to have. Weirdly, liquid silence has a solid state known as powdered silence, taking the appearance of crushed charcoal in texture. The properties of powdered silence are the same as its liquid variation, just slightly less so, but in this state, it's much easier to infuse it into other items. Normally being infused into rubber to make silent soles for shoes, or into metal to greatly diminish the sound it makes when in use. 
Overall, Liquid Silence is an amazing item to come across in the back rooms and is sought out by many experienced travelers for its incredible qualities. The next item we'll be going over is Lightning in a Bottle or Bottled Lightning. It's exactly as the name implies, an electrical charge contained within a bottle. Normally made of glass and topped with an insulating material. Weirdly enough, the glass the container is made of is somehow able to contain the massive amount of energy in them. 1 billion joules of energy to be exact. An absolutely huge amount of energy. Because of this, the container should always be handled with heat-resistant gear to avoid second or third degree burns. The uses of this item should be pretty obvious. Bottled lightning is great to use as a power source, with many power generators in the back room somehow being able to equip these bottles to them. But another, more destructive use of bottled lightning is as an electrical explosive device. Though the glass jar can keep the lightning in, it's still a glass jar, and is susceptible to damage, so caution while handling them is advised. And you can probably guess the destructive power a billion joules of energy can deal when released all at once. Because of that, some groups are more than willing to use this method in warfare, with great success. Bottled lightning can be found throughout the back rooms, with its origins being unknown. Though the method of their creation has been discovered, the newer versions aren't as powerful as the previous ones. The first and most common type you'll come across is the blue lightning variant. These act as described and are as the name implies, blue in color. These versions should never be opened by hand, due to the lightning seeking the path of least resistance, which in this case is your hands. Not the best way to go out. The next variant is artificial bottled lightning. These are the newer versions and modern versions, whose appearance looks a lot like the blue lightning variant. The difference is that the lightning doesn't shine as bright, due to it possessing less power than its previous ore. Also because it has less power, it's not as hot when handling, and these jars can be opened by hand, with the lightning somehow preferring to jump to the nearest metal object rather than the closest conductive object. That normally being your fleshy, water-filled body. The last and most rarest and dangerous variant is the black lightning in a jar. This type is said to be multiple times more powerful than blue lightning. Though the actual lightning is seen as black streaks of plasma, it still gives off an oddly faint light. This variant acts completely out of the ordinary, even for backroom standards. When discharged, the lightning will always prioritize spreading through living organisms, as if it's targeting life itself. This along with the jars being known to spontaneously explode for no reason makes encountering this type very dangerous. So it's best if you avoided this type at all costs. Another classic item of the back rooms is squirt guns. These toy-like items can be found either at weapon vendors or arcade-like levels, such as level 31 or places within level 33. Squirt guns are just that, a standard squirt gun with an attached tank equipped with wearable back straps. What makes these toy guns so special is the fact that you can fill the tanks up with any liquid substance. From liquid metals to corrosive acids, to even molten lava. It seems the tanks and the gun also are immune to taking any damage that would normally destroy these items. It should also be stated that the state the liquid is in when put into the tanks remains that way the entire time while it's in them. Meaning that lava will not cool while in the tank, making these perfect for storing liquids in a certain state for a prolonged period of time. A very simple item, but very effective when used correctly. The last item we'll be going over is a favorite among many wanderers in the back rooms. Lucka milk, or lucky milk as we'll call it, is a drinkable item that can be bought or found throughout the back rooms in glass bottles, much like almond water. 
it's unknown where they come from, with their origins still being looked into. Lucky milk is a soy drink that possesses strange properties to those who drink them. The effects depend on which flavor you drink, with there being six flavors in total. No matter the flavor, each bottle will have this on its nutrition label. Soybeans 100%, sugar 0%, natural preservatives 300%, and artificial flavorings and coloring 0%. Though it's not stated on the label, each version of the drink is high in calcium, making it quite healthy compared to what can be found throughout the backrooms. Here's a list of the flavors and their corresponding effects, along with their rarity. Plain white milk tastes like normal soy milk, with many saying it's best drunk warm. It's the most commonly found and has no corresponding effects when drunk. Pink strawberry milk is another commonly found flavor, whose effects resemble a caffeinated drink, though it has no caffeine in it. It also has the smell of lavender to it. The next flavor is labeled as Choco and comes in a violet color. Not as common as the previous flavors, but finding it shouldn't be difficult. Its effects consist of muscle relief. Normally in the back and shoulders. Matcha is the next flavor with its color being green. Not hard to come by, and has the effect of calming wanderers who drink it. It also helps with insomnia in some cases. Now before we get into the last two flavors, it should be stated that no matter which of these you get, it's advised to heat both to at least 71 degrees Celsius. The reason will soon be explained. The next flavor is banana which is yellow in color. It's common to come across and it tastes very strongly like bananas. This flavor has no effects. Lastly and the rarest flavor is luck, with its coloring also being the exact same yellow as bananas. It also tastes exactly like the banana flavor and has the most complex effects. It affects the luck of the drinker, with the colder the drink, the unluckier the wanderer will be. While the warmer the milk, the luckier the wanderer will become. This is why it's advised to heat up any lucky milk that is yellow and smells like bananas. It's better to be safe than sorry in that regard. Closing words. So, those are some of the more common items wanderers will come upon within the earlier levels of the backrooms. Which one seems the most useful in your opinion? We would love to know what you guys think. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. We hope to see you guys soon for more lessons about the backrooms. Until next time, you guys have a wonderful day and be safe out there. I would like to say a very special thank you to our patrons, Ridiculous, Izzy Klein, Caleb Hills, Zephyr the Cast Iron Crow, and Nathan Gear. Thank you all for going that extra step to support us and what we do. It's greatly appreciated. If you would also like to get your name shouted out at the end of the episode, get access to episodes earlier, and other perks, go become a patron on our Patreon. Where you can do, well those things and more. Mm-hmm.